Welcome to Conversations About Care, a podcast for pediatric clinical providers. Hi, I'm, I'm Tori Rogers from uh, 520 Let's Go Maine, and I'm here at the Innovations in Obesity Prevention Assessment Treatment Forum at the AAP, and it was a great forum. I think the room was like 250, 300 people, and I'm here with Jen Gross. Hi, Jen. Hey, it's great to be here, Tori. Yeah. Um, I'm Jen Gross. I'm a pediatrician from Des Moines, Iowa, and I've been coming to the innovation for a number of years, and it was super exciting to see all the people in the room. Yeah. This is one of the biggest turnouts. When I saw the room at first, I thought, I don't know if we're going to fill it, and we filled it. it we exciting. did fill it. Yeah. And you know, it was great because we saw some of our old friends yes. that have been coming for a while, but there were a lot of new faces, which yeah. was great from it seemed like all over, which I really, really loved. Um, so what was some of the things that stood out to you today? I always love coming to the forum because that's really how I got my start in childhood obesity yeah. work. I had an interest. I'd been in practice for a number of years, 10 years or so, and been mm-hmm. seeing more and more kids that were affected by overweight and obesity, and I didn't know what to do. So I turned to the AAP and got involved yeah. in innovations and got to know all of the people at the Institute on Healthy Childhood Weight because it was just forming there. Mm-hmm. And so it was a great experience, and I saw some folks that were kind of in my shoes a few years yeah. ago, and it was great to kind of get to know them and link them to some resources. So yeah. it was really exciting, and I always love coming. And you had a poster. Tell us about your poster. Yeah, this is the first time that I had a poster at the forum. I'd seen lots of posters before, and yeah. I always got a lot of great information, so that was kind of a goal that we'd set. And we had an opportunity to work with some of the researchers in our state, something mm-hmm. as a general pediatrician I had never thought I would be mm-hmm. doing. Um, but we really uh, did a study kind of looking at how do we improve stage one and stage two intervention in primary care. And so we utilized one of the tools that they have called the FNPA um, in-office assessment. And so we were able to link our patients um, with my standard care where I saw them back every three to Mm -hmm. six months and then um, were able to implement or augment that with some interactions with the health coach and they nice. used some additional tools and saw some good improvement that more contact means um, uh, more behavior change for our families and that links to eventually improve BMI. So it's yeah. exciting to have a poster and to see all the great work and to be part of that. Yeah, I think there were over 25 posters, yeah. which uh, I just thought was really great because there were posters from some residents, some pediatricians like us that have been doing it for a while. Some on um, prevention, uh, some on treatment, like yours was. Um, a couple other ones I thought were really interesting on the depiction of kids um, in marketing. Yeah. And so oftentimes they depict kids with obesity as not being necessarily very healthy. And I know we find this when we do a lot of our work in Maine, we're trying to always look for pictures of kids that are happy and kids who carry extra weight that are happy doing physically active things. And we can't find them. So we've just started taking our own pictures because we, we know they're there and we just don't want to have anything that's stigmatizing. Um, so I thought that was something really interesting to me to see that people are looking at that as they're looking at magazines like parenting magazines and different things and not always seeing the pictures of kids that have obesity that are doing healthy work. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, since that um, policy statement on weight stigma came out, I mm-hmm. think that's been really eye-opening. And, and some of the multi-sector yeah. work that we're doing, we've done some cross worker on weight stigma. Mm-hmm. And it's eye-opening when you yeah. see and you think about all of those pictures that kids and families yeah. are seeing. And it is so prevalent, and it is more so in the in the stuff our kids are seeing than I what's know. in the adult world, which is so sad. Um, and so, really interesting po- poster that yes. kind of illustrated the importance of that. Yeah, I think opened other people's eyes today too. I also thought sometimes the things that are interesting is that we had really great sessions um, mm-hmm. and uh, presenters, but some of the comments from the audience were really interesting. There was a woman who talked about should we be using the word weight, mm-hmm. and should we just not be using healthy habits? And then another woman said we need to be using the word weight and obesity because it's a chronic disease. Do you have any feelings about it? I know it's it's kind of hard. 
Yeah, that's an interesting point. And I don't know what the right answer is. Yeah. I mean, in my practice, I don't use the word obesity mm-hmm. or overweight with families. I really have them look at the growth chart I, and I try and assess what their thoughts are. And then I talk about risks at range. And yeah. I know that when your BMI is in this area of the chart, I know you're in, might be an increased risk for mm-hmm. type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, high um, kidney and liver problems. Right. That seems to resonate more with patients. But I know that everyone's different and every patient's different. So yeah. I don't have an answer, but it's definitely top of mind for a lot of us. I, I think it is top of mind. And I think it's a tough one. We don't want to be focusing so much on weight, mm-hmm. um, realizing that some people who have obesity can be healthy mm-hmm. and some people who have obesity can make real strides and uh, their esteem can go up, their physical activity can go up, but their weight may not budge. Mm-hmm. So I think just understanding that realizing that obesity is this complicated chronic disease and we don't want to shy away from a chronic disease, but we don't need to focus on it all the time when we talk about it. Another thing that I thought was really interesting that came up from the audience and something that you've done some work on is when we see these kids who don't have obesity, but they're really going quickly up the growth curve, that rapid weight gain. Mm -hmm. And I think you have some, as you said, some words that you use with your patients when you see that rapid weight gain and crossing percentiles. Do you want to say a little bit about what you did with that? Well, I think um, parents are always trying to understand the growth charts that we're showing them in clinic. And when they start to cross percentiles, kind of laying it out for them and um, Mm -hmm. helping them to realize that crossing percentiles is kind of like a little red flag and maybe you should pause at that minute and and think about, is there there anything changing? Because when they're following the curves and the dots are on that line, and then it's kind of what we expect, but when you cross percentiles, and we're maybe a little bit more concerned and yeah. um, want to see what's going on, and, and then showing them those ranges where they're at risk and yeah. higher risk for those comorbidities, which is really what we look at that growth chart for. Exactly. And you know, I found the growth curves when I've talked to pediatricians about this that the growth curves are, are, we all like it. We like it as pediatricians, the parents like it, but sometimes they don't always understand it. I was talking to a researcher in Pennsylvania, and he's saying that. Even some of his really well-educated patients, they want their kids at the 95th percentile. And we're like, no, 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 we have to explain that. So understanding how we talk about growth curves, Mm -hmm. but they can be a way for us to sort of say, you know, your child started at the 25th percentile and both you and your partner are on the shorter side and maybe the slighter side. And so your child may always stay at the 25th Mm -hmm. percentile and that's great and that's fine. So um, I thought that was really interesting. The other thing that I loved, we had two of our presenters were... Uh, one was a resident, one was a medical student mm-hmm. today. So we had learners, which were really exciting. Um, and I thought that both were really interesting. We had um, a resident from Detroit talking about uh, food insecurity and GIS mapping with obesity. And I, I thought that was fascinating. I completely agree. I think that the implications of new data and technology mm-hmm. are amazing. And yeah. I think it's super exciting to be able to kind of overlay those graphs. And yeah. um, I think that ability to uh, create something visual that people can relate to is really moving mm-hmm. and will kind of move the needle on yeah. opportunities to make changes to our community. So it was really exciting. That was exciting. I agree. That was one of my favorites. Yeah. And then um, the medical student, uh, Rui Gao, who talked about the perceptions of our quote unquote chubby babies. Mm-hmm. Um, and this comes up a lot. I know in the clinic that I worked in in Portland, Maine, and we would see these wonderful refugee families come in where they're really chubby babies. And there was a source of pride for them. And they say, Dr. Tori, look, look. And, you know, you don't want to say, oh, wow. But I realized that they were uh, breastfeeding and bottle feeding and doing some overfeeding. So you have to be sensitive about that conversation because some people really think a chubby baby is a healthy baby. And that's what Rui's uh, data was showing us, that that's when she uh, surveyed the patients that were, um, the parents that were coming in with their patients, they all thought the chubby babies were the 
healthy babies. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think we've all experienced that clinic, some of our patients and families, but it was interesting to see that research. Absolutely. Yeah. I thought that was great. Um, the other thing I thought was really interesting is, you know, at the end, you never know if, okay, people have been sitting in the room for a couple hours, whether they were ready to move on to something else. And people stayed because they're really interested in learning more uh, about what they can do, um, not just around the treatment, um, but how do we measure, you know, BMI, BMI Z-score, uh, BMI extended Z-score, I mean, things that are coming out of the CDC, but how do we take evidence-based programs and evidence-informed programs into our pediatric practice, potentially partner with really great community programs, and then try to make a difference? So I was really, really excited about how many people are interested about going further, continuing their education around this uh, work. So I thought that was really interesting. Absolutely. I was interested to learn more about the um, the Healthy Weight in Your Child program yes. with the AAP. Um, we, in our state, had a um, situation where we're trying to partner with the WISE mm -hmm. and lots of great lessons learned that I think a lot of the other clinicians across the United States mm -hmm. are going to be able to benefit from to be able to partner because it's um, it's not as easy as, as you think it should yeah. be. Um, yeah. But really by working together and learning from each other and connecting with yeah. mentors, which is a great opportunity here, um, I think it's easier for all of us to make that change. I think so too. And then lastly, I loved that we had so many pediatricians Somebody would stand up and ask a question. Another person would get up and answer, help answer the question. Mm -hmm. And as a presenter, I liked that. I was like, yeah, exactly. That person over there in Detroit had a really great answer for the person from Tacoma. Um, and lastly, I thought it was great that we're all very busy as um, pediatricians, but I heard a number of people say, you know what? I think I'm going to learn more about school lunch, or I think I'm going to learn more about my local why. And so getting out of our offices and figuring out how we partner with our community programs. So, um, well, it'll be interesting to see what we do next year at the forum. So yeah. can't wait. The views, information, resources, or opinions expressed during the Conversations About Care podcast series are solely those of the individuals and do not necessarily represent those of the American Academy of Pediatrics. The topics included in these podcasts do not indicate an exclusive course of treatment or serve as a standard of medical care. Variations, taking into account individual circumstances, may be appropriate. The primary purpose of this podcast is to explore common themes related to quality pediatric care from the perspective of clinicians. This podcast series does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. This podcast is available for private, non-commercial use only. Advertising, which is incorporated into, placed in association with, or targeted toward the content of this podcast without the expressed approval and knowledge of the American Academy of Pediatrics podcast developers is forbidden. You may not edit, modify, or redistribute this podcast.